He is a retired university, also known as college police sergeant. He's here to talk about the realities, the violence that police on college campuses and the surrounding areas face, including one of his police officers being shot on a car stop. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you by 4Patriots.com. That's number 4Patriots.com. They offer the world's best survival food, the Patriot Power Generator 2000X and more. And right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com and use code LET to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll also get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order. Plus, free shipping on orders over $97 and a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to 4Patriots.com. That's a number 4Patriots.com. Use code LET to get 10% off. Connecting with us from the Norfolk, Virginia area, the Hampton Roads, Virginia area, which is where I spent much of my life growing up as a Navy brat. We have Mark Huckless on the phone. He's a retired Old Dominion University police sergeant. 20 some odd was it 27 years you did 27 years yes sir that's a long time first of all thanks for your service <laughs> secondly uh thank thanks for being guest on the law enforcement today show very much appreciated thank you it's good to be here for people who don't know and i say this tongue-in-cheek old dominion university is my alma mater that's where i went to college wow. however yeah. what people need to realize is i didn't graduate see i majored in drinking and had a minor in sociology. <laughs> and I got a 4.0 my major and a DNF in my minor. So uh, I was not a student there very long, but a lot of fond memories of, of that university. Yeah. It's a large state urban university, a city within a city. See, it didn't start that way. And when I went there, it was the late 70s, Mark. It was, mm-hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, I remember uh, the, the NCAA might have been NIT tournament for women's basketball and could have been the, the finals and Nancy Lieberman was playing and they had a, a sports big South called sports celebrity and he didn't know how to pronounce Norfolk, Virginia, which is where the university and he's made a big joke out of it. And we always said, we don't drink, we don't smoke. I'm not, not going to say the other part because this is radio, <laughs> but it, it was, had a, a reputation as a sleepy campus. And, and, and the university has changed a lot over the years. I joined the police department in the early 90s, and I saw the university grow also. And around 2010, they just started building a great many dormitories, uh, buildings across the street from the campus, and a large arena, uh, which is now called Chartway Arena. Um, and that's when the university really started to grow. And it's grown quite a bit. As a matter of fact, they have a, a football program now. When I was there, they didn't. Yep. All we had was intramural football. And uh-huh. I, I don't have anything bad to say about that school, except the, the only bad thing about it was that I went there and I was a horrible student. <laughs> yeah, it's a great school, though. It's it, a great school. Here, here's the thing. I, it's so easy to get wrapped up in blaming someone else. College really wasn't for me. 
uh, or right. I should say at that time of my life, I wasn't ready for college. And I was worried when I went to the police academy a few years later in Baltimore that I'd be the same kind of goofball I was in college and not excel. I applied myself and I finished second in my class. So it was night and day difference. And it was only a couple of years difference. Right. So a big thing that people need to understand and I need to understand is that policing on a college campus is far more dangerous than most of us realize. And right. you really are full service police. It's not like the mall cop. Right, exactly. And my book kind of gets into that. It talks about the history of campus policing and how we evolved from special conservatives to the peace to full-fledged police officers in the mid-70s and some of the challenges we faced on and around the campus. His book is called Campus Cop, which we will talk about in, in length later on. And I got to say this. I'll be totally honest. I'm, it's a true confession here on the radio. When uh-huh. I was policing in Baltimore, I thought the county guys, I mean, when I say guys, that means men and women, had it easy. I, I didn't uh-huh. realize that, that they had to do a lot more stuff than we did. They didn't have the detectives. They didn't have a lot of things that we had. And backup was a lot farther away. The campus police, I never really gave any consideration to what they did other than, man, they're writing parking tickets, whatever it might be, those sorts of things, until the Boston Marathon bomber, and I believe it was Sean Collier, was shot and killed. He was a campus police for MIT. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. And... Um, even when I got into the profession, I had went through a regional academy with campus police officers, but I, I wasn't really familiar with, with the profession. And when I got into the, the profession and I learned that at Oldham University, they had concurrent jurisdiction one mile around the campus, and we were doing a combination of physical security and law enforcement, it really opened up my eyes to what campus policing was. One of the big things we think about with campuses and college campuses and Old Dominion in particular is I just go about my own experience. I was a kid who drank too much and at the time was always not in trouble with the law, but mischievous. And that's what most of my dealings were with campus police. Is that most of what you dealt with? That is a good part of it. I mean, being a campus police officer, you're you're not just a police officer, you're also a counselor and uh, a, a security officer, a police officer, but a great deal of times you're dealing with educating students on being safe on campus and providing a service to the students and the faculty staff and talking to students and, and working with them because your objective there is to protect them and hopefully encourage them to complete their education and graduate there. So. Well, you obviously weren't working there when I was there because no one talked to me. I'm just, <laughs> look, I don't think it would have done any good at the time. Uh, yeah. it, and here's the, the reality, Mark. I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I had it all figured out at that age. I really had no idea. Right. It was put to me to go to college or go to the service. And right. the reality is I probably should have been enlisted in the service because all I did was odd jobs for minimum wage, and it was just a pain in the neck to my parents. Right. And a lot of the students that we deal with um, over the years when I was working there, you know, a lot of times they didn't complete school. Uh, they went off and went to the military, or they uh, they had successful careers doing something else. Um, but, it, you know, one of the things that I was big on all the years that I was there, I was big on community policing, and that was getting out of the car 
talking to students, not just driving around doing traffic stops all day and chasing the city police calls, but also just getting out of the car, walking through the dorms, talking to the students, and uh, doing some uh, crime prevention around the campus. And that's what we did back in the day. This was before the term community policing. It was called everyday mm-hmm. policing. And that, mm-hmm. when we didn't have a call, we were expected to get out of our patrol car. And, and truth be told, it wasn't raining when we did. Well, we got out of the patrol car and people got to know you. And those moments were few and far between, but they're highly valued because that's how people got to know you. They got to know you by your last name and they gave right. us nicknames. And that's how you kind of knew you arrived as a post officer was when they gave you a nickname. Did, did you get a nickname on campus or from the surrounding area? No, I, n- I never had a nickname. <laughs> never had a nickname. Well, um, trust but- me, I had plenty. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it depends yeah. on who you talk to. Some were really good. The, the three nicknames that I had were was Bigfoot, because I wear a size 13 shoe. Oh, wow. Deep Throat, <laughs> because of my voice. And the last yeah. one was Hoghead, because I have a really, really big cranium. Uh, we are oh, talking wow. with Mark Huckless. Mark is a retired police sergeant. From Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia, he's author of the book Campus Cop. When we return, there's a lot of violence in policing. A lot of violence that we don't think of when it comes to college police officers. He's going to talk about one of those incidents and much more. Hey, folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. When you get there... Click, like, and follow. That's click, like, and follow Law Enforcement Today radio show on Facebook. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. National security experts are warning our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. Imagine a blackout lasting not days, but weeks or months. Your life would be frozen in time right at the moment the power fails. Lights all over the country go out, throwing people into total darkness. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. With the new Patriot Power Generator 2000X, you get a solar generator that doesn't install into your house because it's portable. You can take it with you, even use it inside. But it's powerful enough for your phones, medical devices, or even your fridge. And right now, you can go to 4 and use code LET to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in a store, including the Patriot Power Generator. You'll also get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order. Plus, free shipping on orders over $97, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to 4 That's number 4Patriots.com, and use code LET to get 10% off. That's 4Patriots.com. Use code LET to get yours today. Return to conversation with Mark Huckless. He's retired Old Dominion University Police Sergeant. Also author of the book, Campus Cop. I say Norfolk, Virginia, because that's where I grew up. My dad was career Navy, and I went to Old Dominion University for a very, very, very short period of time. About a year and a quarter. Don't ask me how many classes I attended, because I was not that good of a student. <laughs> so you came on the job in the early 90s, is that correct? Yeah, I came on in 1993. I was a patrol officer, worked the evening shift, um, spent half of my time you know, checking buildings, writing parking tickets, the other half of the times doing traffic stops and assisting Norfolk police on calls on and around the campus. And uh, we get a lot of disturbing calls around the campus and uh, even on the campus as well. And then in 2000, 
one, I was promoted to the rank of sergeant and uh, supervised the midnight shift. And the midnight shift was pretty busy on that campus. Still I'll bet it was. I bet yeah, it was. I got to ask you this: uh-huh. Did you want to go into policing? Was that a calling for you uh, as a, oh, a child? Absolutely. I mean, since I can remember, I've always wanted to be a police officer. My book talks about that as well. It's a little autobiography of me in the first couple of pages, and it tells you, you know, how I uh, got into the uh, the law enforcement field. For me, it was very much a calling. And uh, my family, like my dad was career Navy. Yeah. I, I thought I wanted to be a priest first, and uh, that wasn't in the calling for me. But police work was right behind. And oh, yeah. I, I made that decision in my late teens. Uh, and it was something I really wanted. And a lot of people try to talk me out of it because, well, I'm, I'm the stereotypical Neanderthal-looking Irish Catholic police officer that you see in Hollywood <laughs> movies all the time. That's me. Uh, and I wear that label proudly. I don't, I'm not embarrassed about either of those. Right. Uh, were the people in your family, do you come from a police background? Or they're like, what are you talking about? A, a little bit. Um, when I was a small child, my sister's uh, about 12 years older than me. She joined the Air Force and became an Air Force police officer. Uh, United States Security Police, they called it back then. It's now Security Forces. And when she got into uh, law enforcement, I was a small child at the time. It, it really made me look into the career field a little bit more and take it a little bit more seriously when I got into, like, middle school and whatnot. So a little bit of a, a law enforcement background. Um, my father never uh, was a law enforcement officer, but he served in the military. Uh-huh. And just seeing him come home every day in his uniform and, and you know, his mannerisms and whatnot, it, it really got me interested in just the military or anything similar to the military. Um, so definitely two people uh, influenced me in my life as my oldest sister and my and my father. Now, I recall growing up as a kid in Norfolk, and those great years of my life, my sisters and I, and <laughs> Norfolk police, I, I really respected them. Uh, they had a, a great reputation, and they were not people you wanted to mess with. I'm not saying in a bad way. They didn't start right. trouble with you, but if you started trouble with them, it was going to get finished. Right, yeah. Uh, And and that's all I'm going to say about it was they were really, really good. And I'm trying to remember now, Mark, who the the officer was in our neighborhood. I lived on a a street called Lafayette Boulevard, and we used to have rain-soaked, drunken wrecks into a big tree in front of our house almost every Friday and Saturday night. Oh, wow. Uh, I do remember that. So, And I remember a car crashing into our house and and the police being called, and the person was injured, but uh, they wound up surviving. So we had nothing but positive experiences. And and I got to say this, a Baltimore police left Baltimore and went to Norfolk and he was killed in the line of duty. And uh, uh, you don't think that's going to happen. Norfolk is a tough area, uh, yeah. but it doesn't have the yeah. reputation that Baltimore had. And I don't know right. why. Yeah. I, it, you know, a lot of people are, are surprised um, when you see some of the crime stats, especially in the 90s, um, that... You know, the crime that we had around even the campus was, was high at the time. Um, ODU was a unique campus because it was sandwiched in between um, a middle-class, predominantly white neighborhood to the north and a lower-income black and white neighborhood to the south. And we patrolled the campus one mile around the campus, and we were responding to some serious calls around around the college campus. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just minor calls. Every once in a while, you would have a shooting uh, off campus or a sexual assault or, or an armed robbery. It didn't happen every day or even every week, but it did happen every now and then. 
So you had a successful career as a police officer, and then you got promoted to sergeant. Uh, and mm-hmm. at least in my agency, sergeants are the ones that, that drove the agency. They're the ones who make That's it work. Yep. Uh, and yep. life really changed for me when I got promoted to sergeant. Was it a radical shift for you? It was because I went to night shift. And uh, for the most part, when I worked evening shift prior to that, we were on eight-hour shifts back then before we went to 12s. Um, for the most part, we would respond to some minor calls with the city police around the campus. But some of the more serious calls occurred actually on the night shift um, at ODU during that time frame. And that's where most of your large house parties and fights, but also some of your armed robberies would go on around the campus. But we were doing traffic stops at night. And, you know, the, the university is very unique because there's a major boulevard that runs through the university. And there's thousands of people that go through the university every day, every night, they have no affiliation with the college. You're just going from one side of the city to the others. So when you're pulling somebody over, uh, you know, you could be pulling over a student or a complete outsider. So we were getting more calls for services at night than we were during the daytime. And a lot of these calls were serious calls. And one of your officers, uh, police officer Weir, had a traffic stop that went south, didn't he? Yes, that's true. Uh, it was July 2001. Um, an officer did what we call a, a routine traffic stop, but there's nothing routine in police work. But stopped an individual for running a red light um, right off the campus, and he got out of his vehicle, approached the vehicle, and as he approached the vehicle, driver jumped out of the car, ran. Officer Ware got into a short foot pursuit, and the suspect ran in some uh, backyards in the neighborhood around the campus. And as the... Um, as the suspect turned around uh, and made eye contact with Officer Ware, was chasing him. Suspect pulled out a gun and, and shot Officer Ware, striking him in the hip. Officer Ware returned fire, but then lost uh, visual of the, the suspect who ran into some more backyards. Uh, Norfolk police and OD police immediately responded, assisted Officer Ware, uh, got him his medical attention that he needed. He was rushed to the hospital. And then uh, both agencies started to look for the suspect in some backyards right off the campus. Um, Shortly after that incident happened, uh, Norfolk police got into a firefight with the suspect, and uh, Norfolk police ended up killing this this individual. We found out later on that this individual had carjacked a person in the Washington, D.C. area just a couple of days earlier. And uh, the reason why he was running is because the car was stolen. So, and as the, the hence you're saying, there's, there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop. Exactly, exactly. It got to the point, yeah. Mark, where, look, I was in a very busy district, and I didn't want to stop cars that were just traffic violations. I went for people that I thought were murderers in a stolen car, guns, you name it, because at least I knew what I was dealing with then. Mm-hmm. When you stop someone that seems like they just did, it got expired tag light or a tag light out, those were the ones that quite often... I wasn't prepared for, and the old saying was, complacency kills, and police work it kills all the time. And those are the ones where I get complacent. Yeah, and and I think complacency sometimes sets in when you're a police officer in a a town or a county or a college campus or Port Authority Airport, because you're not seeing that action every single day. But, you know, you pull somebody over, you don't know who you're pulling over. That's right, and you don't know what they're all about. This is the Law Enforcement Today show. We're talking with Mark Hawkins, a retired Old Dominion University police sergeant, also author of the book Campus Cop. When we return, we're going to talk more about his officer being shot, his actions that day, how it impacted him. And more. This is the Law Enforcement Day Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. I have some exciting news to share with you. You are going to love my Your Diet Do-Over Do-It-Yourself course on HarmonyWithFood.com, which means you could do everything at your own pace. I put my heart and soul into this course. Have you been on every diet there is only to gain the weight back? If your relationship with food is, well, not that good, you should purchase the Your Diet Do-Over course. Go over to HarmonyWithFood.com, click the Your Diet Do-Over tab and get started today. Return to our conversation with Mark Huckless. He's retired Old Dominion University police sergeant. Old Dominion University, my alma mater, for lack of better words, in Norfolk, Virginia. And I want to say alma mater because I didn't graduate from there. As a matter of fact, I didn't make it through my sophomore year. As a matter of fact, I didn't make it through the first semester of my sophomore year. So let's just speed. Let's set the record straight. Uh, he's also yeah. author of the book Campus Cop. We're talking about you being promoted to sergeant, and you're a new sergeant, and uh-huh. one of your officers, uh, Officer Weir, had a car stop. Turns out it was a carjacker, was wanted for carjacking in D.C., was armed, and your officer got shot. And then uh, backup officers from Norfolk Police Department and ODU got into a gunfight with a suspect and wound up killing him. Uh-huh. How bad were Officer Weir's injuries? Uh, not bad. I mean, he was in the hospital for a few days. He got out. Ended up having a very successful career. Ended up leaving ODU police and became a very successful police officer with Chesapeake Police some years later. Um, but when that incident happened, it was a wake-up call to me. And I think campus police officers all over the Commonwealth of Virginia, because that was the first time a campus police officer was shot and injured in the line of duty in recent years. There were some cases in the 70s and 80s, but in recent years, that was the first time a campus police officer was shot and injured. Um, and it really made me wake up and smell the coffee figure speech to realize, you know, my responsibilities as a sergeant, making sure that, you know, my officers are safe, they go home um, every night, you know, safe. And it just really uh, got me to understand my duties and responsibilities as a first-line supervisor, that, you know, this isn't just some small campus security police department, that I am on a police force and I'm responsible for law enforcement officers. So you had a wake-up call. This this act yeah. of violence really got your attention. Before yeah. that, were you kind of slipping into complacency, like, hey, just, you know, show up and do your thing and, uh, and go home at the end of the day? I think so, up to a certain extent, because prior to making sergeant, I was a patrol officer in evening shift where, you know, we spent some of our time helping security check the buildings and lock down the buildings at night. We responded to some... Um, some calls around the campus. We backed up the, the city police and the concurrent jurisdiction that we had with Norfolk. But the more serious calls did occur later at night on, on that department. Then it would just die. The bars would shut down at 3 in the morning. All the students would, you know, you know, go back to their dorms or back to their off-campus housing, and it would be very, very quiet from like 3 in the morning until it was time for us to get off. But that, that you know, 11 p.m. to 3 in the morning, we there were times on Fridays and Saturday nights we were hopping for for a campus police department. I'll bet. I'll, and for those who don't know, 
Norfolk, Virginia is the location of the world's largest naval installation. Yes. Uh, and it's not too far from Old Dominion University's campus. Yep. And then you had other ones. You had um, Little Creek, Virginia. We had Oceana. We had other ones. And you had an Army base as well. So military was there. And, and sometimes the military personnel and college kids would clash. At least they did yep. back in my day. Yep. And they still did. And, it, and that was an, another thing. You know, the university was was sandwiched in between the naval base, largest naval base in the world, and in downtown Norfolk. And you just had hundreds of people going through the campus area every day during the day and night. And you have the bars that would, you know, start, you know, getting pretty busy around 11 at night. And they, of course, shut down around 3 in the morning. And you have hundreds of students walking home um, back to their dorms or uh back to off-campus housing uh, every weekend. So it's a pretty, I don't want to say laid-back environment, because I'm sure that you you were busy, uh, especially yeah. on the weekends. And we, we joked in a prior conversation that mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my college days in a, in a place called Friar Tux, which is across the yeah. street from university, the university. And yeah. uh, there are many times, many times, like it was a nickel draft night, I think it was, and walking for mm-hmm. $2 and leave with change and just be hammered out of your mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and you things would the- happen. Uh-huh. I've never had one made. Uh, one of my sisters is an ODU grad, uh, and she did have a, a drunken assault where someone tried to assault her. She's leaving a bar, and she took uh-huh. lessons from me as a, a Baltimore police about how to handle yourself and dropped the guy pretty quick and then took off running. And I'm like, right. good. Yeah, just keep on running. The, the thing was, and I'm sure it happened with you, it's really easy to fall into this trap of work, work, we're college police, and it's yeah. different than being a full-service police agency. And it really is not a fine line, because nah. you were backing up uh, yeah. Norfolk Police, and they, they had a tremendous reputation. And there's a lot of crime in the area. And there's a lot of crime yeah. around ODU, as mm-hmm. at least there was back in the day when I was there. Yeah, it's gotten a lot much better over the, over the, the years. But it, again, like I said before, it's a city within the city. Um, some of the more violent crimes occur immediately off campus. Uh, the campus is relatively safe. Um, sometimes, you know, students don't, you know, practice campus safety and they walk around late at night after hours. Um, and, you know, we, we dealt with that. You know, we dealt with disturbances in the dorms and disturbances in off-campus apartments uh, is what they refer to them as. And we dealt with the, the large house parties and the fights and whatnot. But yeah. for the most part, it's a safe campus. It's just that it is a city within the city and things do occur there. It's not free free of crime. So I want to go back to when Officer Weir was shot. You're, you're mm-hmm. his sergeant. Am I mm-hmm. correct? Yes. At the time. So, look, to be honest with you, my biggest fear uh, was that, that one of my officers be shot uh, or killed or something of that nature. Fortunately, that never happened. I did have a, a good friend who worked with me as a sergeant, uh, but I transferred a couple months later. He was shot and killed. And oh. t- today, I still have difficulties dealing with that. Yeah. As a sergeant, you have a tremendous level of responsibility, not just to the citizens, to make sure oh. that they are taken care of, that things are done professionally, that they get what they, but you also need to really pay close attention to your officers, make sure they're okay, yeah. their mental That's health key. is okay, their physical health is okay, how you doing, all those sorts of things. Right. It must that, have that, been, it must have been a huge shock for you when one of your officers was shot. It, it was, and even after that incident had happened, 
every day when I would get off, I wouldn't even leave the station until my officers were starting to, to come in. Um, and I felt just, you know, very, very nervous if I got my POV and would drive off, not knowing that the officers were coming in, turning in their equipment, and the next shift was, was coming on. Um, it just really made me understand my role as a supervisor, as a leader, making sure that, you know, my officers are safe. Uh, and I, I, if you're not able to answer this question, I understand. Uh, was there a, a initial fear or shock when you said this This is not supposed to be happening to me and it's not supposed to be happening to one of my people? No, I, I think with me, it just, I think with me, it was just realizing that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a small town cop or big city cop or a campus cop, police work is dangerous and you're supervising individuals that are sworn police officers that are tasked with protecting the campus and the surrounding areas. And that's when I realized that, okay, you know, I have, I have a big responsibility, huge responsibility. You know, a lot of times a lieutenant or captain or, or a major, you know, or a chief of police, they can make command decisions at their desk when it's, you know, uh, convenient for them. As a sergeant, you have to make those split-second decisions to make notifications and, and, and to take action right then and there. There isn't always a lieutenant or captain working every single night. And I think sergeant is one of the key ranks in any police department. Yeah, that's where the buck stops. And all the decision-making yeah. occurs, the notifications. And you're absolutely right. Look, when I, when I go on, and it doesn't happen often, but when I go on police rants where I rant about poor decisions, it's usually involving admin, bureaucrats. Uh, these people make decisions. They Monday morning quarterback you from the safety of their office. And I'm not saying they didn't earn. They didn't start the same place I did. I'm just saying some of them forgot where they came from and they forget yep. the dangers of the job. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We are talking with retired Old Dominion University Police Sergeant Mark Huckless. He's also author of the book, Campus Cop. When we return, we're going to talk more about his transition out of law enforcement and writing a book and why. But there's a whole lot more heading your way on the Law Enforcement Today show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. And if you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John, the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at L-E-T Radio Show. That's John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wally. We're turning our conversation with Mark Huckless. Mark is a retired Old Dominion University police sergeant. That's in Norfolk, Virginia. He's also authored the book Campus Cop. Lots of things have changed in Norfolk, Virginia. As a matter of fact, I went there many years ago with my now wife, and I wanted to show her the, the area I grew up. I had a sister living there, and it's it, the traffic is so crazy, but Long story short, we went to the house I grew up in, and I remember Mark thinking, as a kid, this place was enormous. Mm -hmm. 
no, when I small. get as an adult, <laughs> I'm like, no, not so much. But they let us in, and yeah. uh, it, that's the kind of thing. We joke with my mother. She will pick up a sailor in a heartbeat that, that's walking, uh, that needs to find something. It was that type, even though it's a big city, there's still a small town feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the campus is beautiful. I mean, it's, if you think, you know, it was a, a, a nice looking campus when you were there, it's, it's even nicer now. It's, it's, it's a beautiful campus. They remodeled numerous buildings. They built several buildings across the street from Hampton Boulevard. Those, most of those were completed in 2010, and uh, it, it, it really is it's a, it's a great university. I may be biased because it's, I consider it my college, but um, it's, it's a beautiful campus. It's a great school. A great are, school. are you from that area originally? Um, I'm a military brat, kind of all over everywhere, but um, I worked there 27 years, so 27 consecutive years. So even though I never graduated from that school, I still I look at it as my school, <laughs> so... And I, you remind me of that Steely Dan song, My Old School, when you say that right away. And that's where our mind goes to. I think back to those days, and, uh, such pleasant memories. And that's before life got really serious, before mm-hmm. I got into policing. And, and I tell people, what's it like? And it's not all bad. There's a lot of pleasant memories, a lot of great memories, a lot of awesome people. There's some things that, that pop into my memory that I don't want to recall at the, the, the right. most inappropriate times. However, before that, there was a time where uh, I believed in Santa Claus and everything's going to be great. And then the the Hollywood storybook ending with the white picket fence and the two and a half kids and the dog in the yard didn't seem to, to be in the cards for me. It's now since been that way. But my wife, the boss, says, and I'm going to ask you this, that she goes, you're, you're kind of damaged from police work. Uh, how, would you use that same analogy you describe you? I would describe myself as worn down a little bit. Um, working in my book talks about this, working a lot of long hours, weekends, holidays, not always. I'm married and have a couple of kids and, you know, not always, you know, being there for my family during the holidays um, was tough. And also just working the long hours. You know, there were times I got off when I was on evening shift, got off at 11 o'clock, I'd be a court nine in the morning. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's wore me down. <laughs> that the same thing's true with me. As a matter of fact, I started watching. We talked about Sean Collier and college police and MIT earlier in the interview. I started watching this documentary on Netflix about the Boston Marathon bomber, and a, a funny thing started happening about halfway through the second episode when it got into bombs and all kinds of other stuff. I started not really paying attention. My wife looked at me. She goes, you really shouldn't be watching this, should you? I'm like, no, I don't think so. Uh, We never finished it. But I I will never forget this young man named Sean Collier who was at MIT, which is world-renowned university. Uh Oldham University is the same way. It's Uh world-renowned. And you think it's a safe job. When you Uh wear a uniform and you have a car that says police on it, you've always got a target on your back. Someone's looking for you. Right, exactly. And it's not like... It's not like someone goes, oh, well, I'm not going to mess with him. He's campus police. Or, you know, this is, this is you know, on campus, so we're not going to, you know, dare go on campus. I mean, I remember after 9-11, colleges and universities were considered soft targets. So, again, they are cities within cities. They are. And I have a good friend I went to high school with who's a retired Virginia Beach police now. And uh, so I'm now in Florida, and it's... Still a little bit too much crime and violence for me. So I'm glad you said you're worn down, but you're doing okay. Because somewhere along the line, you decided, 
I look, I'm going to write a book. And I'm uh-huh. not joking when I say this, and I'm not laughing at you. I thought I was going to do one of two things when I retired from police work. Write a book or open an Irish pub. And I'm thank God I didn't do either one of them. I've heard the Irish pub thing. I've heard a lot of retired Norfolk officers talk about that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And I, that's the yeah. reason why I'm probably still alive today, that and my wife. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, I remember seven years ago, seven years ago, on a busy Friday night, I was just, you know, going to call the call the call. We were busy, you know, backing up the city police. We had some disturbances on campus, city police backing us up. Some large house parties and fights were going on. I remember joking around to some of the officers saying, you know, I think I, I think I should write a book about this place. It would probably be a number one bestseller. And then about three years before I retired, I started to kind of like just carry a, a, a diary around and just write about some of my experiences from the very beginning of my career to, to what was going on at that time. And um, I did a manuscript, wrote it up, uh, presented it to a retired Newport News police captain, a very good friend of mine, Joe St. John, uh, who also wrote the book Roll Call, um, which is a bestseller on, on Amazon.com. And he looked at my manuscript and read what I wrote, and he says, Mark, I think you got something here. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll look to publish it. And that's where we're at today. So, Well, kudos to you for doing that because, look, it, it takes a lot of work. I'm going back to my college days, my, my lack of follow-through. Writing uh-huh. is something police do all day long, writing reports. I got to the right. point where my handwriting is so bad, even I can't read it. But you right. wrote this. Did you, did you handwrite a lot of this stuff? No, I, I, I typed it up on the computer, and uh, I worked on it for three years. But when I say worked on it for three years, I did it for a few months, took a couple of months off, did a few more months. Uh, last year, I kind of finished up some things and then um, took it off to uh, Salem Author Services and got a book deal with them. And um, they looked at it, and they, of course, they don't know who my friend, uh, retired New News Police Captain Joe St. John is. They looked at it and said, hey, I think you got something here. So what did your wife, the missus say when you decided to write a book or did she know? Yeah, she knew and and she supported me on it. And, um, she knew it it, it takes a lot of work and it's not something that just happens overnight. You don't just write a manuscript to a book and get it published the very next day or even the next year. So it, it took some time. And when I retired, that's when I had more time to focus on writing the book. And, and that's what I focused on the last past uh, couple of years. I got to ask you this. Uh-huh. You're working these long hours. You work midnight shift. You work evenings. You you uh-huh. worked long periods of time, had court the next day. Uh-huh. I'm sure your, your family suffered and paid the price because no one serves alone in this line of work. Right. And then right. you retire and you're writing a book. Did you catch any, you know, what about that? About no, not being not available? <laughs> no, not at all. Because, you know, it's not like writing a book is working eight hours a day, five days a week. I mean, you, you spend a few hours writing, you, you take time off, um, and, and I'm learning a lot about writing the book. This is the first time I, I've ever written a book, so I've learned a lot just by um, spending a little time writing it and, and, you know, just looking on the Internet on different tips that, that authors can get um, from other authors. But it's not something that you're sitting down for hours and hours every single day writing. It took me three years to write this book, and I took my time. I spent, you know, a little bit of time on it and a little bit of time off of it. There was a time frame. I went a whole entire six months without writing it. Where can people get more information about the book, and can they buy it online? 
They can buy it online at Amazon.com. If you just type in Mark Huckless, um, that's H-U-C-K-L-E-S-S. If you just type in Huckless in the search engine at Amazon.com, the book is available for $13.49. And you can also get it at Barnes & Noble. That's not bad. Look, th- mm-hmm. look. i got to be honest with you. I'm pretty impressed from an old retired police sergeant, not so old retired police sergeant. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate it. When you see police officers in general, remember that they do a lot of things. They're usually very well-educated. They, they're serving because they want to. Uh, and the college police, it's the same. Uh, there's a lot of dedication to what they do. Mark, I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for taking time to write about it in the book, Campus Cop. By the way, get it at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, uh, or just do a Google search for Mark, M-A-R-C, Huckless, H-U-C-K-L-E-S-S. And I also want to thank you for being guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. All very much appreciated. Thank you, sir. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.